You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, my Braves won at the, time, at the time of taping. They won the longest uh, zero to zero game. We won in the 13th inning. First game one win of theirs in a while. So the Braves won. Alabama won last weekend. I think Alabama's going to win again. Spoiler, spoiler alert. And uh, yeah, going pretty good. Things are going pretty, pretty good in the mortal words of Larry David. Um, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. We will talk about Rock Auto in just a little bit. But, uh, Jimmy, yesterday we missed you. We had um, Cole Thompson on from uh, Locked On Aggies. We appreciate his cooperation and putting a joint podcast together. That's what's kind of fun about being on this Locked On Network is there's so many other uh, there's so many other stations or, or podcasts of various teams, so you can always do a crossover, and it's a lot of fun. Um, he he certainly knew what he was talking about, but he actually went to Alabama. That's what made it even more interesting. But um, regardless, I thought he had some uh, interesting things to say. I think he feels about Kellen Mond the way the universe probably feels about Kellen Mond, and that is they don't know how to feel about Kellen Mond. Got to be uh, frustrating uh, to have a guy that's so capable. He's very capable. <laughs> We've seen him play well. We've seen him play well against Alabama. I mean, he's very capable, but he just simply does not play up to his potential each and every week. He's a roller coaster. One week he's really good. Uh, you know, another week he's not. It's been that way from day one. A lot of people assumed, okay, now that he's in his final year, his senior year, there's probably going to be some consistency there. and. Didn't look like it in week one, so it's very frustrating. But you know what? You know, fans that get frustrated about inconsistent performance. Uh, you know, my, my favorite story to tell about that Alabama-wise, I remember in Riley Norris's senior year at Alabama, he had, he had a really nice game. I mean, a really nice game one night. I can't remember who was playing. It was a conference game. It was a good opponent. And Riley scored, like, 19 points and had like nine rebounds and three just filled up the stat sheet several assists no turnovers I mean Riley played a great game and someone on a board the next day said god that's so frustrating why, why can't why doesn't he do that every night and I'm like you know and I didn't respond but I remember I always remember that moment because I'm like because he's not LeBron James <laughs> you know I mean LeBron does that Every night, and and Kawhi Leonard does that every night, and 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 Jimmy Buckets Butler does that every night. You have to be a great player to do it time and time and time again, and night after night after night. There are so few great players. So really, the answer to the Kellamon conundrum is just this: He's not a great player. He's just good. Good players, good players do good things a lot, but not they're not great. Because greatness means you do it every single time. So the answer is Kellamon's just not great. Now, there now is he terrible? Of course he's not terrible because he plays well at times. He's pretty good. I'm sure he is their best option to, to beat Alabama this Saturday. Is Kellamon not not any not any other quarterback on their roster? Not just yet. 
Yeah, they've uh, I, they've got Haynes King, I think, is a true freshman, um, and then they've got one other dude that I don't really know anything about. So you're right, he is their best option. But I think Dennis Green said it best a while back. They are what we thought they were. Kellen Mond is what we thought he is, um, <laughs> or he is what his record says he is. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's kind of funny how we just beat some of these things to death when in the end, Kellen Mond is an SEC-level quarterback, but he's not a championship-level quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with that because there have been literally thousands of players like that. And it's just that Kellen Mond has the spotlight on him because he was a senior this year, because he has so much experience, and because there were very few SEC quarterbacks coming back that people knew anything about, we just all assumed, oh, okay, Kellen, Kellen Mond's going to be either the first or second team all SEC. He's going to take that leap because that's what people do, you know, when they become seniors, you know, that's what they do. And um, meanwhile, Mike Leach comes into the conference. Lane Kiffin comes into the conference. Mac Jones is slinging the rock around to the likes of Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. Uh, Bo Nix, are you eating a can of sardines? What are you doing? <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> No comment. There's absolutely – you are the like the king of – I'll be in the middle of a rant, and you'll do something really odd, and I feel like I'm playing a game show. Like, guess what Jimmy's doing based on sounds alone? <laughs> it wasn't too complicated. But go right now. I was enjoying the rant. Uh, so the point being, Kellen Mond is what we all think he is. He that doesn't mean he's going to stink up the place Saturday. He could have a decent game Saturday. There's no doubt in my mind. That being said, even the locked on Aggies guy in Cole Thompson agreed with me that Alabama would win this ball game. I predicted forty to twenty one, and frankly, I might have uh, assumed they scored too many points. Uh, mm -hmm. Jimmy, let's go ahead and let me go ahead and tell everybody about Rock Auto because I want to get into this quote Cecil Hurt just tweeted out from Saban, um, and then also a few other little odd and end things we want to get to. But rockauto.com is where you want to go for all the parts your car will ever need. Incredibly inexpensive, incredibly easy to navigate. It's a family business. They're serving auto parts customers online for about 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. Get your chassis and your timing belts and your blinkers. Fuzzy uh, dice. Huh? Hubcaps. Fuzzy dice. Fuzzy, Fuzzy dice. dice um, bobblehead hula dancers, all that stuff. They got all of it. Now, there, some things are more important than others in that list I just rattled off. But go to rockauto.com. Be sure to type in locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you there. Okay, Jimmy. Um, want to read this quote to you that Cecil Hurt just put out from Saban. He said, Nick Saban apparently said in his press conference today, the worst thing you can do is play poorly and win. I thought we played bad in the second half, and I told our team that. I'm not talking behind their backs. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> do you agree with him? Uh, I agree we didn't play great in the second half. I, I agree we played better in the first half. And what, what's frustrating uh, a little bit is so so many people that that don't know the personnel quite as well as we do, and our listeners on Locked on Bama know the team backwards and forwards, but at no point did we make wholesale changes. Some twos played 
some twos did some some but at no point did we have quote the entire second team on the field i mean we only played seven offensive linemen some of our defensive backs played every single snap of the game um you know as three of the offensive linemen played every offensive snap mac jones basically took two-thirds of the snaps bryce young took one-third of the snaps it felt like to me that as soon as we put in second team guys the intensity just fell off and it wasn't we like we didn't put in the whole second team we just put in like a guy the moment evan neal got hurt and kendall randolph came in to replace him the entire offensive line stopped playing well it wasn't just Kendall for Evan, the whole line didn't play well. I felt the same way at linebacker when we played some uh, some twos there. And uh, it was just really weird to me that in, in the second half, we, we just – the intensity level dropped off. We didn't play as well. There were new guys on the field, but, again, not wholesale changes. Uh, we just got to play for 60 minutes. Uh, but overall, you know, overall, it, it was a good performance because it was a 19-point win on the road against a conference opponent. Did do you think this? I had the thought while you were talking about that. It seems like okay. While we were um, while we were experimenting in the second half, you know, trying to develop depth here in the age of coronavirus. I wonder if we had just put out this the the entire second unit, like not do a piecemeal thing, put out the entire second unit. I bet you they would have played better. Might have because of the chemistry. yeah, they play together every day in practice. So, but the problem is if Evan Neal goes down, you can't just put out, oh God, we got to put out the whole second team. Everybody's got a gel. I mean, that's not how it works. So you do right. have to piecemeal this thing to a degree. And I think that's where people um, maybe don't understand enough, including me and probably including you. Mm-hmm. When somebody does, we, we do make a substitution and say, well, we're not going to have a drop off because of, uh, but because so-and-so got hurt. Yeah, we probably are because the the one place where um, a, a team needs to gel, especially is the offensive line. So if somebody gets substituted there, it, it can make a huge difference. It can have a total chain reaction. And it did. I, I just felt like the offensive line didn't play as well. We'd later put in Chris Owens at center and, uh, and that didn't uh, that didn't work well either. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, of the, the entire offensive line didn't block well when Bryce Young was in, and and Bryce turned over the ball. He made a couple of bad plays himself. Uh, Trey Sanders, you know, didn't seem to play well to me, though he wasn't getting a lot of help up front. Uh, so we've just got to play better when we go to the to, to the twos. Now, I think the game against A and M is going to be per Bama standard somewhat close. I think it'll be a game again that we see Saturday, Luke, where the starters play more, and I even think Mac plays more, and 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 Bryce plays a little less. Um, and I'm not talking about a giant difference. I mean, this past weekend it was Mac played 48 snaps and Bryce played like 24. If we have 72 snaps again, I think it's going to be more like. 60 and 12 frankly because a because i think the game's going to be close and b bryce didn't like make a charge at max no. job you know no, so so i i think but i i think this game this weekend is going to be a little close but by close i don't mean 20 to 17 um i, I i'll probably I, i'm leaning more towards a very similar score to uh to what we just saw 
I'm going to uh, I'm going with Alabama wins 38 to 17. Um, okay, that's about I said 40 to 21. I mean, we're right. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah, it's very similar, very similar scores. I just think the game's going to play out a little difference. And even though I say 38 to 17 and it looks like last week, I think the game's going to be pretty competitive to where when the game's over, A&M's going to be like, man, that didn't really feel like we got beat, you know, by 21 points. And Alabama is like, whew, well, glad that one's over. Yeah, you know, I, 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 that's that's kind of how I, I feel it's going to play out. Um, I've been talking to the Texas A&M guy yesterday on the podcast. I did just a little bit of looking up some – a&M stuff. I think this will be Kellen Mond's 35th start, which it doesn't seem like he's been around long enough to start that many games, but he has. Um, and Make some dangerous. Make some um, dangerous. We're not going to show Kellen Mond something and he's going to go, what the hell is that? Other than when he sees, you know, individuals like Will Anderson and Christian Harris, he'll say, what the hell is that? And he might do that before the game. He looks at Will Anderson and goes, what the hell is that? And is that coming to attack me? <laughs> exactly. But X's and O's wise, Kellamond has seen it all here. Here's one advantage, though. This thought just occurred to me as I was struggling to come up with that 38-17 score. But, you know, we weren't really sure what Missouri would look like on offense. I mean, was it going to look like Missouri did last year? Was it going to look like Appalachian State did last year? Yeah. Uh, was it was it new? I mean, Eli Drinkowitz is new to Nick. Uh, was he going to look like Auburn because Eli sort of from the Gus Miles on tree? Uh, we weren't sure. Well, we damn well know what A&M is going to look like. We play him every year, and Jimbo Fisher runs a pro-stylish spread extremely similar to Alabama. And In fact, schematically, this game's a little bit like looking in the mirror. There, there, there's not going to be a lot of surprises for either team because – we play similar schemes on both sides of the ball. I think that's going to help Alabama and A&M. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Um, but uh, the other thing I noticed, Alabama has not scored fewer than 27 points since losing to A&M and Johnny Menzel in 2012. They scored 27 once, 33 runs, and I think the rest of them have all been over 40. So, I mean, we do a pretty good job scoring a lot of them. Now, of course – uh, the, it was Kevin Sumlin that we were going against, who, who right. was not real huge on defense, um, you know, back in the day. But hey, I, I, I think it's going to be the same kind of thing here. Another thing that just stood out to me was how many head-to-head battles we had with A and M in recruiting. Uh, I know Bama Online had an article about it today, and I swear I didn't read it today because I'd already thought about it, and I was like, I don't want to cheat myself. Ah, that doesn't that didn't even make any sense. I didn't read it, but that's not why. Um, it, Christian Harris, I think, came down to Alabama and Texas A&M. Jalen Waddell did. Um, Bobby Brown, who obviously signed with A&M. Uh, a bunch of guys came. Uh, who was the other? Was, was it Lorenzo? Who's the Who's their other defensive lineman? That's, last name is Neil, right? Yeah, 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 Neil. Uh, yeah. We did uh, – we recruited that guy hard. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of guys come to, have, came down to uh, Alabama and A&M, and it's just kind of interesting we're in so many tight battles now. And Alabama and A&M have so much of a history together in terms of just the, the way it's intertwined with the Gene Stalling stuff. Um, the Hurricane Bowl 
is I mean, it was just random that, you know, they weren't in the SEC then. We are just playing them, but that's a pretty famous thing back in 88. Um, obviously, Johnny Manziel's coming out party. I mean, there, there's a lot of Alabama A&M history. Yeah, I mean, uh, they made a movie about Coach Bryant, and uh, it, it was about Coach Bryant coaching Texas A&M, not coaching Alabama, the uh, junk that right. was on ESPN. So, yeah, there's some uh, some connections there. I think in terms of recruiting battles, if fans want to know why why are we recruiting against A&M so much, uh, it's Jeff Banks. I mean, Jeff Banks is a, one of our better recruiters. Uh, Carl Scott is one of our better recruiters, and they both spent considerable time coaching uh, in Texas. So Carl Scott and Jeff Banks have lots of ties to Texas, and they're the ones that do such a good job right now of recruiting the Texas area for Alabama. That's why we end up going head-to-head with them uh, so often. You brought up Eli Drinkwitz, and before we go to this next break, you know, he's not making a lot of friends in the SEC, it seems like. First of all, all the timeouts he took in the Alabama game, which was just stupid. I mean, it really was a a crap move, and it's going to be hard for anybody to defend that. Um, but, and I understand what he's trying to do, play to the final whistle, yada, yada, yada. But again, we're in the age of COVID. So let's just try not to get anybody hurt. Um, but secondly, today, apparently he had a comment like, Hey, we don't know the SEC didn't have any kind of protocols. So we don't know what the heck's going on with anybody with coronavirus and sort of railed a little bit about the, against the SEC's position on all things COVID-19 and um, as Mark Packer put it on his show, I think he's going to be getting a call from Greg Sankey about this because, you know, right. he's been doing pretty doggone well. We don't need some new dude who can't spell Eli right rocking the boat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some reason, uh, you know, he, I'm sure that he believed what he said uh, was fair uh, under the circumstances. I think, you know, I, we kind of predicted this all summer, Luke, you know, about how paranoid coaches are. And mm-hmm. there's always going to be paranoia that the opponent is not following the protocols, that, that, that winning is all that matters and they're not following the protocols. <laughs> and, you know, my team, we're, my team is a little shorthanded because we're following the rules. They're not shorthanded at all. I bet they're not following the rules and this isn't fair. So right. I, I think we kind of predicted that this summer. That might be sort of a look at what we said all along was coming. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, a little bit of basketball news for everybody. Jimmy, today in a surprise move, um, J.D. Davidson, the number one prospect in Alabama for for this class, for I I don't know how you say it in basketball. Next year's class? I don't know what. Anyway, the top rising senior in the state of Alabama, the number nine player in the country, uh, point guard J.D. Davidson. uh, He plays for the Calhoun School in Lita Hatchie. He's amazing. I called him in the AHSA uh, state championship game, or at least I was there for the game, when he hit the buzzer-beating, game-winning three-point shot. Um, he's just ama- – he really is an amazing talent. He, one of the best players I've seen come through uh, the finals at, of the AHSA. And uh, he said he's bumped up his announcement date from October 31st, which is Halloween, Saban's birthday. And also uh, he's bumped it up to October 3rd, which is this Saturday. Uh, I think it's this Saturday, right? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's this October Saturday. 3rd is Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's right. So – 
I don't know if that's good or bad for Alabama. You know, you scour the interwebs after think uh, kids like this make an announcement that, hey, we're bumping my my commitment date up. People just, you know, go crazy trying to find out information. I have too. Um, the only thing I've been able to glean is that it feels like he's going to commit to Alabama, but I would say it is far from a done deal. Not that done deal like he's still mulling over Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Memphis. It's just that I think he's played this pretty close to the vest, and I think he's going to end up committing to Alabama and signing with Alabama. But about two weeks ago, the Auburn camp was incredibly uh, optimistic. So mm-hmm. who knows at this point? But I, I feel more like he's going to sign with Alabama than anybody else, but it's it's not a lock. That is, you you know, no wonder we share a podcast because that's uh, that's how we I share feel. a brain. We, we we share we share a brain, and I apologize for uh, for the drinking, man. Sorry, sorry about your brain there. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I um, I I think it's Alabama. Uh, that is not uh, inside scoop. Sometimes we get some inside scoop as it relates to football, especially sometimes we do. Sometimes we do, and sometimes our guesses are educated guesses. But uh, with this, I've got no educated guess here. This is just me reading the tea leaves like you. I feel like Alabama's got all the momentum and and that he's likely to commit to Alabama. Will I be surprised if it's anyone else? No, I won't be surprised if it's LSU, even with all their problems, or Memphis, or or Baylor, or <laughs> Kansas. That Nothing, or Auburn especially, Nothing is going to surprise me. Uh, it will all disappoint me just simply because, look, this is a fact. Nate Oates is doing amazing things. Uh, I love how Nate, Nate – man, we, we could do five podcasts on this, but Nate creates a system on offense and defense and then recruits to the system as well as anybody – since like Tom Osborne at Nebraska football, I mean, who created his offense and then found the exact right pieces to make it all work. And that, that's sort of like what Nate, what Nate has done. And, and it's amazing, but I will say this, and I've said it forever going back to wimp. If Alabama is going to be really good, Alabama has to dominate in state recruiting, not split them with Auburn, not lose DeMarcus Cousins and Eric Bledsoe to Kentucky. Alabama's got to dominate in-state recruiting because there's just not enough difference makers that come out of our state. And J.D. Davison is absolutely a difference maker, and it's kids like him that must sign with Alabama for Alabama to become a national power. So – it's vital. Now, is it easy to sign a kid who's ranked ninth in the ask Kentucky football? I mean, I use that example all the time for people. It's like, of course, he's going to sign with the in-state school. If the number nine football player in the country is from Kentucky, is he going to sign with Kentucky or is he going to sign with Alabama or Ohio State? So that's just as simple as it. it's not easy for Alabama basketball to sign guys ranked that high. But he is in state. He's a great story. Unbelievable player, program-changing player, similar to Colin Sexton. I mean, in terms of like, he he can be that good, folks. So it's a big announcement. It's a big deal. I think it's Alabama. 
but I, I'm not positive. No, I'm I'm right there with you. And, and see, that's the thing is in recruiting is such a zero sum thing where he either signs with you or he doesn't, right? So what I'm saying is it's not that I, I'm I'm like I think this is all about reading the tea leaves. I think you used the right terminology. Like we think it's going to be Alabama, but it's not like he's he's decided on Alabama and Auburn and Memphis and LSU are blowing up his phones trying to convince him otherwise. That's not what it is. I think it's just he's probably has decided where he wants to go. He just hadn't told that many people or, or if anybody. Um, right. But I do like the fact that he's bumped up the announcement date to October 3rd. And again, maybe I'm reading too much into this. I could very well be doing that. But I think the fact that Alabama has a home game and and yada, 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 maybe all that ties in somehow. I don't know. Um, that may be stupid at a time when we don't have huge crowds there and he may not be in Duskers anyway. I don't know. I just liked that. Right. And it may not be over. Connection. It may not be over. His recruitment has been so intense that uh, this announcement might quell it, but it's not like he's signing. Yep. That's absolutely right. I'll tell you something else, Jimmy, to, to wind things so. up here. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. All right, no, you go ahead. No, I'll go ahead. Um, <laughs> to wind things up, a friend of – this is interesting to me. A friend of mine called today and said, hey, you don't have any – interest in a couple of tickets to the game this weekend do you and i said no i said we got too many plans already and um i just gotta i'm gonna squeeze in watching the game as as is i definitely can't go to tuscaloosa and you know it's harder for me when i'm doing the scoreboard show on friday night anyway he said man i'm telling you he said i can't he said i just about can't give my tickets away and and i said i he said i didn't think it'd be like this i thought the demand would be crazy and i said i think it's the other way around is you know, you would think it would be dreamy to be able to zip in and zip out of Tuscaloosa on a game day when it's normally you're going to spend two and a half hours in traffic combined. Um, but now it's sort of like, well, why go down there when probably all the concession stands won't be open? The lines are going to be just as long, but not all the bathrooms will be open. Um, and there won't, it's not like you're going to be surrounded by, you know, 101,000 of your closest friends. I kind of see how demand is actually lowered versus raised in, in a time like this. No tailgating. No you tailgating. Know, it's kind of weird how that's changed over the years. Uh, but I think this is the proof, the the lack of demand for these tickets. And I've been offered, by the way, I, I've also been offered three or by three or four different people have offered me tickets and they wouldn't cost me much at all. Uh and that doesn't normally happen. I mean, I've normally got my own tickets, but I don't know if we talked, but I opted out of tickets for a bunch of reasons. Um, but no tailgating is a big thing. And, and it's crazy. It's crazy sounding to us football crazed people as we are. But I, I think a, a, a lot of our fans enjoy the social tailgating aspect as much as they enjoy the game itself. And I think when there's no tailgating, I think a lot of people are like, I'd rather watch it at home if I don't get to tailgate. Uh, I, I think that's a common thought. Not my thought, but I, I just think that's a common thought, Luke. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be in Tuscaloosa, uh, you know, at, at, at our place and watching the game uh, there on campus. But uh, but I, I'm not going in uh, for several reasons. But uh, 
you know, I hope is I, I hope it's as full as it can be because because our our players deserve yeah. that, you know. So I hope it's as full as it can be, and one day the COVID stuff will be over. But once I get it in my head, what I'm gonna do? It's not like I'm stubborn. It's just like, hey, I knew this summer I was highly unlikely to be in that stadium, and if we play football, I was. I'm like, man, I, I just want to hope we play football. I will be completely content not being in the stadium, watching it on my TV and enjoying all the other games, you know, Lord, give me that and I'll be happy. And that's sort of what happens. So I, I've never been disappointed uh, that, that I won't be in the stadium because I decided this summer, Hey, if I just get to do that, I will be thrilled. Well, and, that, uh, you know, that's the old prayer of the gambler, right? Oh Lord, let me break even. I need the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I feel about it. I mean, in terms of like, I, I just, I'm just glad we're playing football, and I, I I just thought this summer, if we play football, I'm sure I won't be able to go, but I don't care. I'll watch on TV. Now I've got the opportunity to go, but I already have it in my head what my game day is going to look like, and it doesn't it didn't include me being in the stadium. So uh, I'm I'm just I'm just go. I know I might go to a game before the year's out. That's very possible, but yeah, the ticket demand. I I know I personally know at least four or five people holding t- holding tickets that aren't going to go. Well, um. Jimmy, we, we're running out of time, so I won't go into this much, but I would like anybody listening to us tweet at us who you think would make great cardboard cutouts for attendance. You know how like Denver, the Broncos did all the characters from South Park. I think that uh, we could do a car- cardboard cutout of Phil Fulmer and Albert Means, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Mike Price. We could that would be kind of cool. I mean, like it'd be sort of funny. I mean, I think you got to do some things like that. Yeah, I think all the players that have uh, been really good against us, you know, oh, that'd be funny. that would be there. I mean, players that like Anzel, Cam, Tim Tebow, you know. Tim Tebow. Who, beat us by himself. I had an Alabama coach. I can tell, I can tell that story now. It's 12 years old. I had an Alabama coach coached in that game. Tell me. That's what he said. He's, he's like, we're, we're better. We were better than them. Our team was better than their team. They had one guy better than everyone on our team. I mean, yeah. he, in other words, he, he was totally crediting Tim Tebow. Like they won the game because Tim Tebow. I mean, we, right. we had it otherwise. And, and, Tebow's not the only one. I mean, Manziel, Cam Newton, these these Heisman winning guys. Garcia, uh, Stephen Garcia, Gar- Stephen Garcia, uh, and that uh, the Oklahoma guy that uh, that Katy Perry, the Oklahoma guy that Katy Perry had the hots for. Uh, oh yeah, Trevor Knight, uh, Trevor yeah, Knight, Trevor Knight. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just one guy. But it'd be funny to me to have cardboard cutouts of like a whole row of those guys rooting for Alabama, <laughs> Manziel. Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, and you could have you could strategically place Tebow in a and like as if he's looking over the scoreboard with a crying, you know that that shot of him kind of on his knees looking up. He could be looking up at the scoreboard like still crying. That'd be kind of good. Um, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Bama. I want to thank Rock Auto once again, and Jimmy. We'll be back on Friday with a boatload of predictions. Roll Tide. Probably sticking with 3817 might change my mind. Roll tight.